What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am Bloodborne, and we're doing things a little bit differently this time. So we do have a recording going for all the audio formats, and we have a new live format. Uh, Not live format, because it's not live for you guys, but uh, we have the video format, too. This is going to be going up on YouTube. So uh, if you're not familiar with that channel, it is youtube.com slash Bloodborne. Um, so we've got, uh, this new little setup here. So if you guys are just listening, you can't see it, but I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, just a little modified version of what we do on the live stream and, uh, which I hope you guys are checking that out as well. Um, for any of you guys that have been around for a long time, you'll know that this room is not mine anymore. Uh, <laughs> but the stream room's not built yet. And, um, so I wanted to have some type of backdrop and I still had the screenshot from that back, uh, from the old room. So I wanted to use it and put it to good use. Uh, but anyway, as far as the episode today, there's, uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about and I'm going to do, uh, uh, I'm kind of thinking of like this segment, we'll just call it kind of like out of the blue, you know, and we'll do that. Um, basically the stuff that's out of the dev tracker the blue names, you know, um, but basically what we're looking at is, um out of the game this week we've had some closures um and so if you are playing on the legendary server you'll know there's been some closures as far as the raids and a couple quest lines uh that have been bugged that you can't complete and certain things not happening appropriately in uh the vile mall and in philicle also known as the watcher and um turtle but anyway, um, there's a quest line over in um, Eastern Durin's Way, part of the uh, Maravel area that you cannot complete right now because that quest line is closed. Um, there is, I believe there's another quest line that's closed as well. And then you obviously have the two raids that are closed. Now, what's interesting about the raids being closed is, um, is this something that standing stone knew about earlier on or is this something that is newer based on things that have changed with messing around with numbers and stuff like that don't know um quite honestly i haven't run the watcher at level in a long time so um you know if i pop in there to to kill it uh that's fine usually it's on one of my max level characters and stuff like that so i don't really notice anything out of the ordinary because it's you know you're hitting them and killing them in like two minutes um so there's that um one of the things that i find interesting that uh, reading through some of the forum posts people are talking about um how standing stone should go back in and just rip out all the the bright nimmerdell uh tokens from people that have uh, knowingly gone through and exploited the this content and i'm like well you know to be fair um you can still get the tokens through doing dn and you don't even need a full raid for dn so you know you could take a uh an undermanned group through dn and every boss is going to drop a token potentially so um you know i think that's a bit extreme they've done stuff like that in the past but I don't necessarily think it's warranted here because I don't think honestly everybody knew that uh, there were issues with the Watcher. They were just going and doing it. Um, now, when you see classes solo it and stuff like that, that might be a little bit of a red flag. 
that it does need some uh, tweaking. But, you know, naturally there's some people that are upset that it's going to be down for a week. And so you cannot run the watcher or the turtle for a week while that is fixed. Um, I find it very interesting that all these things are popping up, though, on from people doing all this content on Legendary Server. Um, it's weird, you know, like this is content that has been around since 2008. And so, yes, 11 years ago. So something had to have happened in one of these number adjustments that affected the mobs in a negative way. And um, you're seeing that where some of the stuff was adjusted already for um, landscape. And some of that stuff, you know, everything on landscape is typically fairly easy anyway. But then when you come back around to it, you're looking at, um, you know, uh, you can pull a lot of stuff. I was kind of joking about this on the stream the other day uh, about uh, I was over in Zelamalek outside of the 21st hall and I was on, uh, I think I was, I want to say I was 57 at the time on my champion and he's not well geared. His virtues are crap. I don't have all my trait points. So he's not in an optimal situation right now. And uh, I go down and there, there's the, quest uh i think i want to say it's something like to give the durab a good drubbing or something like that uh you kill a couple durab captains and uh smash their idols and kill a couple of the the standard mobs and i'm back there and uh i just run around and i grab up a bunch of stuff and aoe it down and you know maybe get down to three quarters health and i said man i couldn't i could not do that when moria was going through the first time and i feel like i'm in a similar spot right now as far as like gear actually you know what i'm in a worse spot now than i was back then it kind of just shows you the progressions and changes that the game has made over the years and, and what that has done to the leveling experience so if you think about this I would not have been able to do that even with full rift gear on, uh, running about, I would say back then I had around 3,500, maybe getting close to 4,000 health. Uh, if I was running around there in the upper fifties before hitting 60, I couldn't have done that. Um, I could have taken on maybe two or three, but grabbing 10, no, I would have died. Um, for sure. So, like I said, it's it's very interesting to see all these iterations and things that have happened over the course of the game, over the course of, you know, uh, 11 years from when Moria first came out to when it's coming out now. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, there's no other way to put it, really, than I, I think it's just interesting on what is happening and where we are. Um you know, so we're looking at seeing some adjustments being made. And I think what's interesting about that, and I'm, I know I'm saying interesting a lot, but it, it really is kind of thought provoking to me at this point. How, how is this not thought of in advance when you're, you're bringing out this VIP experience known as the legendary servers? How is it that we are getting to a point where we're just now figuring stuff out? You know, like, I don't, I don't think that the testing is where it needs to be. 
in order to deliver a solid product. Um, you know, and, and I feel like I get on this podcast and every week I've got something to rag on with the game and that's, that's never the intent. I'm really just talking about what's going on in the game at that time. Uh, and I think anybody that's been around me for any length of time knows that I genuinely enjoy this game. Uh, and I have since 2007. This is the only game that has held my attention for more than a year at most. Uh, the second, I would say, would be Warcraft. Third would be Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, and even those, those are coming, those come in waves. Uh, and they're very few and far between. But um, I, I do think, you know, there's a lot of things that need to change um, going forward. And uh, I'm a little fearful. I am a little fearful of uh, whatever the, we'll just call it Minas Morgul right now. Because um, uh, we don't have a title. We don't have a date. We don't have details other than we're getting an expansion again. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I really hope that they're not working on that stuff now with not having all these classes done because we're even seeing that now in the 120 uh, content that that content was created in the middle of changes uh, big changes too and I don't think that's a wise decision and I've gone down this road before. This was actually what sparked the trip out to Standing Stone last May. Um, was I was very open and said, I think you need to stop bringing out new stuff and, and focus the energy on fixing, polishing, and perfecting. Now, obviously, you can't make it perfect, but you get the idea. I think the problem becomes... You know, uh, it, it's a very jaded view. And, and some people would say, well, you can't do that. You can't just stop production and, you know, have, because there's people that need to do work. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm thinking of like, let's see, art team would still have plenty to do with updating a user interface to for, you know, people that are going above uh, 1080p. I myself play on 1440p. Uh, there's a lot of people that are, are starting to break into 4K and stuff like that. And uh, you all know that the user interface does not scale well with that. So um, I've seen some people playing on 4K and I feel sorry for you if you're one of those people because that UI looks, if, if you're using it at uh, native, it's super tiny. And if you're not using it at native, it's super blurry. So um, I think we could stand to see an updated UI in the game. They've talked about it briefly. Uh, being on the, the wish list of things to do. And there's so many things to do. And if we can carve out the time to do it. And it's like, I think if there's things that are important, it's not a matter of carving out the time. It's a matter of go do it. Um, that's just how it is in life. If it's important, you make time for it. You go do it. It's not a matter of setting aside the time to do it. That's That's setting aside the time to do something is yeah, maybe that's the mentality. We don't think that's important. Um, you know, so the art team would have stuff to do, and I'm sure there's various levels of art. You know, obviously there's there's maps, there's character design, there's uh, you know, uh, skills. There's and how much of that transfers down to an animation team? I don't know. 
you know, I'm looking at this from the outside and, and looking at it from a very narrow perspective. I get that. You know, I got a chance to meet uh, a handful of the team while I was out there last year. And um, I think there's, there's definitely good people that want to do good work out there. And I just, I, there's so many things that need to be fixed and that we just keep on chugging forward. You know, we get, we move past that. They'll just forget about it. And this is not a very forget about it type of community. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff. And in knowing that those things are issues and seeing, uh, we'll have to see how they come along with some of the things that were talked about in the producer's letter, you know, um, yeah, who else would be affected? Like if you just stop, you know, forward production and focus back on what, uh, what you have and, and making it good and perfected, um, you know, the writers, the writers could always be writing stories though. You know, that, that part could never stop because then by the time you actually get to a spot where you're ready to re-engage or get back into full production mode, then you get into a situation where you've already got stories written. Um, you know, there's, I really can't think of a team that on, on the overall team that would be hugely affected by just not doing that. And, and going and perfecting the game that we have um, and doing that. Uh, one thing to note, too, if, if you guys don't watch uh, Court of the Rings, which is uh, on the Lotro stream on twitch.tv slash Lotro stream, uh, if you don't watch that, there is a, uh, a hint, a glimmer of hope that 64-bit uh, should be popping out somewhat soon on, on Bullroar. Um, they're saying they might have it for the next, the next bull roar, which, uh, we really, I don't think we have a date on or anything like that, but, um, it sounds like it's getting pretty close to being production ready, at least for a beta and testing it out, which I'm excited for. Um, you know, obviously you got to be cognizant that there are going to be issues with that as well because it's a rework. Um, there are libraries that are going to be different in how they interact with your dat files. There's going to be stuff that either works better, works worse, or doesn't work at all, or works the same. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to expect that this is going to be the silver bullet to fix everybody's problems. So much of the, what we have uh, issues-wise is just with the engine by itself. And people really need to remember that. The engine itself is being really pushed to his extent and beyond the, you know, Minas Tirith is a prime example of the engine just being pushed to its breaking point. And, uh, you know, you might see some reduced crashing in Minas Tirith or something like that, but I, I just hope that people have tempered expectations of what this client is actually going to do for them. Um, you know, at worst, it's going to let you use more RAM. That's about it. You know, at best, who knows? Uh, but anyway, that was uh, some of the bigger stuff that was on, that we saw out of um, the development team. 
there's some stuff uh if you guys do the spring festival there is a bug with hedge maze on the mini map right now where it actually shows the mini map or shows the actual maze instead of being blurred it is a bug they're looking at fixing it and bringing it out uh it sounds like we'll have a patch this week for some of these smaller things like the uh the closed raids and the hedge mage and stuff like that uh lastly out of the dev team you've got uh the compensation package so from the extended downtime where we have where we have four days of server downtime um something to note about this if you haven't used it yet uh the code that you redeem out of the store is reward 2019 all one word together um so there there is some more information on that on the forums if you need to check it out um be cautious it is a one-time use thing on your account so it's not per server so make sure if you're a player like myself that's on arkenstone and on anor make sure that you get that stuff on the care on the server that you want you know that would be pretty bad you get all this cool stuff and crap i meant to get it on arkenstone uh and i got it on my anor characters and so just something to keep in mind it is a one-time use it is uh per account one time so just remember that um there's actually one more thing i just, I just saw this scrolling through here um there was a comment that was made both on the forums and on reddit about um the pricing of expansion packs now i thought that was a pretty interesting topic uh because right now Right now, Helm's Deep is actually the same price. It's still $39 for the base edition, which, I mean, you can't get any of the other editions anyway, so that doesn't matter. But I really like what WoW has done. What Blizzard has done for WoW is if you buy the most recent expansion, you get all the previous content. Now, obviously, you have two different schools of thought here. You have two different... Uh, you have... A basically an indie studio at this point versus uh blizzard i mean come on so obviously blizzard can afford to do that they can afford to say hey buy this thing so we've got you hooked in for some more time and we'll give you all this other stuff um i don't know that ssg can do it quite like that I would like to see the prices severely reduced. Um, I think all the prior expansions to, um, prior to whatever the new one is, when it comes out, I think all the previous ones should be 10 bucks or make a new multi-pack one. That's oh, 50 bucks. I don't know. Uh, make it more enticing for people to buy. Uh, we talked about this on the stream and, and prior episodes. The barrier for entry from a cost perspective is just too high for this game. Uh, not to mention when you do get to end game and then you have the barrier of entry for getting into end game with Scrolls of Empowerment crystals and uh, yeah, both types of crystals, I should say. So there's those type of things. And something we talk about a lot is that legendary items as much as we uh, sounds like a lot of people would love for them to go away they're not going anywhere um they're too heavily monetized in the store so you know the fact that you can buy 
tiers and you can buy crystals and you can buy uh hell you can buy relics you can buy everything else for that you can buy out of the store so so heavily monetized same deal with essences that stuff is all very monetized um so that's a revenue source and when you start messing with revenue sources then we start having issues of you know not being able to fund a game now obviously uh, I don't have any sales figures to go off of. It's just me thinking if um, if the store was doing well enough by itself, I could see them severely dropping the prices of expansion stuff and whatnot in the store. Um, the fact of the matter is also that you can get stuff for free by, uh, you know, if you're a VIP, if, if you're paying your... Uh, you know, 10 or $15 a month, depending on how you do your, your subscription, you can stock up on those points and buy expansions for free. So that is another thing to factor in there. Um, I just think that there are enough people out there in the world that would pay money versus save up points to buy the content. But when they look at the cost of the content, it's too expensive for how old it is. I think that's, realistically what we're talking about at this point um so yeah that's all the kind of stuff that's out of there uh as far as what we're actually doing in game uh like i said i, I think uh the champ right now is at 58 over on anor i will run the uh rune keeper through as well and then the uh once they're both at 60 i would love to get the the community groups going again of running you know, dungeons running Darnarbaga, running the Watcher, running the Turtle when they're open again, uh, and running all that. There's so much content there. And the beauty of the Moria stuff is that it doesn't scale and there's not multiple tiers. It just is what it is. Now, I, that could be good or bad, really. It could be. I don't know. Um, I think it's a good thing that it's just the content is what it is. You have your your normal modes and your hard modes, you don't have tiers. Um, we saw that with uh, the original release on the legendary server is that we had tiers. We had the tier three introduced. So we had tier three rift, which introduced its own set of problems. Um, we had all these things and, you know, call it what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a change of pace. So, I don't know. Do, do you guys like that stuff? I don't, I don't know. I don't like the tiers as much. If it was, if the tiers were designed in a way kind of like mythic is and wow, whereas it's scaled, uh, more so the, I don't like when scaling is just, you have to have more because they do more, uh, and they're going to hit you harder and have more health like basic scaling i'm not a huge fan of uh obviously the tier two modifier in there and the tier three modifier um uh, it's i like mythic i like mythic because the stuff rotates uh on a weekly basis um you get rewarded for going higher in the tiers because that's the issue right now is that tier three doesn't reward you any differently than doing tier two. Something like the Rift, for example, you don't get anything different other than, uh, I believe a title is the only thing that you get differently, but 
if you go from tier one to tier three, the gear is the same. So there's no incentive outside of bragging rights. Um, so that's just something to consider. You know, Moria is, from a content perspective, it is what it is. Um, and there's no modifiers on it. I don't know. I like it. But um, trying to think from a content perspective in, in the game, where else are we? Um, I really haven't played on normal in a little bit now. Uh, mainly just because it, it's been so hard to get a group together. A lot of folks being over on the legendary servers, it's it's made it a little bit more challenging um, because your group is potentially split. You know, if there's people that you typically play with, they might be split between both those servers now. So that kind of makes it a little bit harder. Um, hmm. I, didn't, I hadn't really thought about that before. You know, obviously I knew like people were going to be split on the servers, but I hadn't really thought about it from the, the perspective of the people that I play with would be split between those servers. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Um, hmm. uh, still haven't heard anything back about the Athlon Games Lord of the Rings project. Although... They did respond to a tweet to me, and that was the first tweet they've had since their announcement, pretty much, other than some likes and retweets and stuff like that. But I thought that was pretty cool. First uh, tweet, you know, to me. All right, I'm cool. Yeah. Um, it's cool, though. You know, we'll kind of sidestep out of gaming for a minute. Um, So still in the realm of Lord of the Rings, though. If you guys haven't been paying attention on Twitter, there is an account called LOTR on Prime. It will almost always pop up when you're looking for Lotro because L-O-T-R-O on Prime. So it always pops up. So the, the, uh, the Amazon series is starting to rev up a little bit. Their account's been fairly active. They did announce that it was going to be in the second age, which I'm really stoked on. I think that's going to be fantastic and a lot of fun because it's a big enough departure also from uh, the Peter Jackson trilogy. Um, I think that's a good thing. You know, uh, rumor has it that they're going to be filming in, in Scotland or Ireland and they're not going to be doing New Zealand, which is cool. Um, I think New Zealand has kind of captured and is you know middle earth at this point but to each their own i'm curious to see what they can come up with on it um realistically there'd only be a handful of characters that we're used to seeing in the the peter jackson universe there that would even still be around in the second age so that alleviates a lot of those problems of you know well this person was cast in the movies this person is cast in the show um, you know, Ian McKellen still wants to do it. Uh, as last we've heard, they just haven't asked him yet, which I'm sure they, that's probably happened. Uh, I myself would have a hard time watching anybody else be Gandalf. You know, obviously we'd have to make, um, 
Uh, there'd have to be exceptions made with Christopher Lee, obviously. Um, you know, obviously love seeing Kate Blanchett as Galadriel. Um, you know, Elrond was around then. So there, there are some characters that would still be, even with that large of a gap in time, would still be tie over characters. So the question is, would you want them to be the same actors or would you want them to be different? Give somebody else a chance. Now, there are other people. It's interesting because since they're doing the second age, that alleviates the, the questions of, you know, Viggo Mortensen not wanting anything to do with it. Andy Serkis not wanting anything to do with it. So that doesn't matter at this point. Um, but if you think about it, there's a, there's a very, very crucial thing that happens in the second age around 1600 of the second age, the ring of power is forged. So, I mean, we could see some stuff from, uh, Celebrimbor and being corrupted and, and misguided and into forging the ring, uh, and helping him thing, uh, forge the ring, the other rings, I should say, not the ring of power. Um, with the rings of knowledge. So there, there's some so cool stuff in the second age. And I think it's actually going to be really cool. So I'd be curious to see what you guys think about it. Uh, but I think I'm going to leave it at that for right now. Um, I've got some other stuff that I want to touch on, but I'm going to save that for, for next week. And that way I can get a little bit more meat behind it. Uh, so if, uh, like I said, this is the first one where we're actually doing an audio and a video version of this. So the video one will be up on YouTube. Uh, the audio one will be up on all the normal ones. Just like, I mean, this is not live. So it's not like I'm telling people to go look at a spot, but just for future reference, if you're listening or watching, uh, it'll be available on Google play, Spotify, Apple podcast, and the Simplecast website. Um, and then yeah. So make sure you guys are checking all those out. Uh, we also do have all of our sponsors listed above my head here if you are watching on YouTube. And then we do want to uh, make sure, um, you know, I'll, I'll give, you a little, give you a little hint here. Probably starting in April, there's going to be some giveaways on the Twitch channel. So if you're not already following, make sure you go over to twitch.tv slash bloodborne. Click the follow button. There's a little bell icon next to it. Hit the notifications. That way you know when I go live. Schedule has been pretty solid with Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern time. If you can make it, great. If not, I'm sorry. I'm human and I need to sleep and do other things too. So please make sure you're uh, hitting those guys up. Uh, at Bloodborne on Twitter, facebook.com slash Bloodborne1. You already know the YouTube one and uh, Bloodborne one on Instagram as well. If you are subscribed on the Twitch channel, you should be getting your uh, emails when we go live with all the social media links in them. So make sure you're hitting those up and that's going to do it for me. So on that note, I will see you later. Thanks. See you next time.